0: So, so good evening once again. Um, we are uh, we had a couple of unplanned items on the agenda for tonight, so um, we're gonna just streamline a thing, few things. Um, so I'm not asked the the ushers um, if you if you just want to pass around the offering bags. Um, if you um, want to bless God with your finances tonight, do that. If you're a visitor, there's no obligation to give. Um, if you're a visitor and you've got one of the little visitor's cards, um, we'd love to connect with you and tell you a little bit more about who we are. Um, so so if you have the freedom, please put that in the offering bag or exchange it for a coffee afterwards. Um, welcome again to all of you, and, and, and I want to say, I didn't do it earlier, but I want to just for me say a, a special welcome to all Renette and Albert's family. And um, and colleagues and friends um, that are visiting us tonight. It's it's so good to have you here. Um, we're also tonight going to do a, a a pledge, give an opportunity to pledge for the property that we've bought as a church. Um, we won't do that tonight. We'll do that next week. So if you if you have that on your heart or you're looking forward to that, we'll um, we'll do that next week. Um, see, my cousin is also yeah. Hello, Christy. <laughs> um, yeah so so God is a good Father. Did you know that? who knew that and um and before before Jesus came to earth god God was known as many things, but he wasn't known as Father. He was known as as God, and he was known as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and as majestic and holy. Um, And he was known as as many amazing things, but he had never been revealed to humankind as as a dad. And that's one of the biggest reasons why Jesus came to earth, is to show God as Father. To show us what the Father's heart looks like. Um, Jesus says, when you have seen me, then you have seen the Father. For I am an exact representation of the Father. And part of what he came to do was just to come and show us, who God is as a dad and to by sacrifice give us access to relationship with God and to know him personally as father ourselves and um God is a good dad for so many reasons he's he's good because his heart is for us you know scripture says that you know who of you earthly dads or not perfect dads but who want the best for your kids when when your child asks for a bread will give him a stone or when he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. No, no, no earthly dad will do that. How much more will this earthly, this heavenly dad give us all good things that we need, including the Holy Spirit? His heart is for us. He, there's a scripture in Malachi that talks about um, the fact that God said that in the last days he will send um, the spirit of the prophet Elijah so that he may turn the hearts of the fathers to the hearts of the sons and the hearts of the sons to the hearts of the father. And so that was always God's desire to connect our hearts as children with his heart as a dad. And he wants to cover and he wants to show how he fights for us, how he builds us up, how he provides for us, how his furious love overcomes everything else on our behalf. So he is He's such a good dad. He's a, he's a good father and he's, he's, a, he's the perfect parent. Um, and I thought maybe this is fitting tonight as we're dedicating little Adele to... Um, to God, and um, Renet and Albert is embarking on this journey of being parents and um, i i 'm jealous of Adele in a sense, you know I want to grow up in that house and and those of you who know Renette and Albert will know <coughs> what amazing parents they're going to be, and already are <coughs> and um I just want to honor their, both their dads as well um, for the prayer that you prayed earlier. I so experienced God's presence and just such an authority when you prayed for little Adele. And I want to encourage you that your prayers carry huge weight for her. And um, as much as Renette and Albert are going to be great parents, they won't be perfect parents. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, <clears throat> I know this from experience. I've tried. Um, didn't work. Um, at least I learned it early on, so the the pressure was off. <clears throat> but what do what do great parents do well? Sorry, they love well. Yes, I d- totally agree with that. They love well. They love their kids well. <clears throat> and sometimes we we speak about. What does that love look like? I mean, what are some of the, 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 the physical manifestations of that love or, or examples of how that, how that shows up practically? There are many examples of that, right? I think sometimes we talk about, we talk about love and, and discipline, and we almost put the two on two different sides of the spectrum, like they're opposites, like sometimes you love and sometimes you discipline, you know? Same thing, right? If we look at, if we look at Scripture, um, Hebrews 12 actually says that God as Father disciplines those that he loves. And so love actually becomes an expression, an example, a discipline actually becomes an expression of love. It's not, it's not opposite to love um, because it's for our benefit, right? Um, I think one of the other powerful expressions of love is, is, is affirmation is telling someone what we appreciate about them and who they are and who God has created them to be and what they're called for. And, and showing that we enjoy them and we, that we delight them and that it's a pleasure being around them. Another expression of love. And, and those are two of the things that I want to explore a little bit with us tonight in, in thinking about God as, as a good dad, as, as the perfect parent. And so the first is in Zephaniah 3, verse 17. Um. And it's a relatively well known verse. Many of you will, um, will know this verse. You can follow in, in your Bibles if you, if you like. Um, Zephaniah 3, verse 17 says The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you, in his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. What, what an incredible thought that God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the ruler of the universe, the one who made everything, will rejoice over you with singing. He delights in us. He takes pleasure in us. And Can you see that in your mind? I, th- I see in pictures. If you don't, I want to try and encourage you tonight to do that. Try and picture God rejoicing over you with singing, right? Like we were singing tonight, and just the pleasure and the delight, and, and you know, whatever that is that you enjoy most in the world, that's God's heart for us as his kids, that intense pleasure and delight and joy over us, and he rejoices over us with singing. It's such a crazy story. And, and we see that even when, um, when Jesus is baptized, right? God just, I think his, his chest just swelled with so much pride. He couldn't hold it back any longer. You know, Jesus, in obedience, became baptized. And as he was baptized, there was this dove that descended from heaven. And God said, this is my beloved son. In him, I'm well pleased. I'm well pleased in him. I love him. I enjoy him. My pleasure is on this one. My beloved son. And you see that affirmation, that public celebration of his son's identity. And that's hot for us, right? When we stand in relationship with Jesus, when we're in Jesus, God sees us through his blood. And he has that same pleasure over us. He has that same enjoyment over us. I remember um, when I turned 20, 21, um, I... I had a long, a long journey of being very very insecure around my identity, and, and especially around my, my masculinity, and just, just my manhood, and um, my cousin was actually there, I don't know if you remember, and um, we were in the mountains, and we, we were just spending some time as friends in the Cedarburg, and... Um, and I was just always aware of this, you know, when I was in a, in a group of people, or especially in a group of, of men, I was very aware of myself, and I was very aware of the way I was conducting myself, and I, I so wanted to make a good impression, and, and um, there was a lot of other things that went with that, but I remember just just setting a time, some time aside that morning when I turned 21, and I went to go sit in the car and read my Bible, and and, um, and God just started to affirm me, and um, he said that, you know, he had, he had created me a man for a purpose and that he had prepared um, a wife for me and he had prepared kids for me and um, that that wasn't by accident. My gender wasn't a flip of a coin and then it landed somewhere and then that's what it was and I need to figure out the rest. He had a very specific plan and there was such intent in the way he made me. And it helped me to embrace that and to start to see myself in a completely different light. Um, I also now, at the moment, actually, I'm working on a very hectic project at work, which um, which I feel is is aligned to what what God has called me for here on earth. And, and but at times it just feels just feels too big. Wh- whoever you have <laughs> felt like that sometimes, like what you're busy with is you're not qualified for this. You're not the right person. You're not. And there are those moments where I'm just like, I'm freaking out because I'm preparing this report to present to the CEO. And I, I you know, there's just anxiety that comes, comes over me. And then in those moments when I listen to God, he says, this is what I've called you for. And I'm with you. And you can do this by my grace. And that affirmation changes everything. The fact that he speaks His words, his perspective of who I am as his child over me gives me the strength to actually continue and and go and do that thing and not uh, lie in a little heap in a little puddle on the floor. Um, So that affirmation is so crucial. That's tip number one, Albert and Renate. Tell tell Adele how much you love her, how much you appreciate her, the beautiful things that you appreciate her. Sometimes we think those things, but we don't say it enough. On the other side, there is the, the discipline. Right, Both expressions of love, the affirmation and the discipline. So let's turn to, um, if you want to follow with me, I'm going to read from Hebrews 12, verse 5. It says, Have you forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And so, I mean, many of us will have many different perceptions, many different thoughts or emotions that come up when I say the word discipline based on your own experience. Maybe there was healthy discipline in your home. Maybe you had a dad who disciplined you out of love because he wanted you to grow and mature and form a strong character and make wise decisions as you grow older. Maybe there was a lack of discipline, or maybe there was an abuse of discipline in some way or another. God's heart for discipline is not removed from the fact that he's a good dad. It's an expression of the fact that he's a good dad. It's an expression of his love because he wants us to grow up into maturity. He wants Tempers and Una and Shamiso and Nathan. He wants all of us to reach our full potential of what he had designed us for. And he knows, left to our own devices, we probably won't get there. <laughs> we just do what we feel like, when we feel like it all the time. We'll probably get distracted and get dismayed, and, and end up not where he envisioned for us. And so his discipline is in order for us to grow and to mature and to grow into the fullness of who he's who called for us to be. I remember having a friend at Varsity um, who, who came to me one day and um, he asked me, "Do you think I'm selfish?" And uh, then I <laughs> then I thought, and perhaps I thought a moment too long. Um, but but then I I'm, you know we were good friends, and I, I thought I owed him the honesty, and I had actually at a couple of points thought, "Sure, Yo, you really you know like just think about yourself a lot of the time." <laughs> And and so I, I you know I didn't want to hurt him, but I wanted to be truthful. So I said, "Sure, you know I, I have actually at times thought that that you can be a little selfish at times. Actually, if I'm if I'm totally honest, and um, I was like that. I mean, that's an interesting question to ask. Why do you ask? And <clears throat> and he just said that he he felt God say that he is selfish and that he wants to mature his character. In serving others and becoming a little bit more selfless, and I was so encouraged by that, you know, because it's it's easy to receive a word from the Lord that says, you know, He loves me. For some of us, actually, some of us struggle a little bit with that. But um, but he he had quiet time and he just felt the Lord say, "You're a little bit selfish, and uh, I want to help you with that. <laughs> let's um, let's let's bring some discipline and and sort that out." Um, I also had. <clears throat> I recently um, led a team, and, and there was a person on this team who, who just really gave me a lot of grief, and uh, did not did not back me. You know, as uh, I was leading the team, and um, verbally, this person expressed you know disagreement with my style of leadership, and disagreement with my decisions, and disagreement in the direction we were going. And it was really kind of a bit of a, a thorn in my flesh. <laughs> And um, I was doing this on a volunteer basis, and I, I just said to God one day, Lord, I don't need this. I, this is nonsense. I don't need this in my life. I've got enough other things. And God said to me, no, actually, you do need this. You, you need this very much, actually, to learn to lead, um, to learn to love others regardless of their response towards you. Your, your love towards them was the one lesson the one area of discipline and the other one was to will I still obey God and follow him even if that doesn't please other people and so it really was for my benefit it was, it was not lacking it was not nice at all but um, I believe that was a form of God's discipline and so his discipline is always for our benefit and um, you know, I think some of us, depending on the kind of homes we li- lived in, maybe if you grew up in a more traditional home, you you know more discipline, y- you know the hard discipline, and you you know what that looks like. Maybe if you grew up in a more um, in a more liberal home, you know the the affirmation, but you never really experience that discipline. I remember. Um, another pastor in another church, he was walking a road with this one guy and there was this one thing, that, this one like, cycle in his life that he couldn't break, he just couldn't get through it. And um, he said to him, okay, um, if you do that again, I'm going to make an agreement with you. If you do that again, I'm going to I'm gonna give you a hiding. Right? But yeah, this guy was a student, he was like 21 years old. And the pastor said, I'm going to physically give you a hiding if you do this again. And he said, "Cool, I'm, I'm in. I give consent to that." <laughs> and, um, and so then he did it again, and then he gave him a hiding with like a broomstick or something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, um, and he said, as he, as he struck him, he didn't hit him very hard, but as he struck him, this, this guy started weeping, you know, uncontrollably, and, and he was like, "Yo, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to." And, and when this guy regained himself, he just said, I've never experienced love like that. I've never had someone care about me enough to discipline me. I never had someone discipline me growing up. I was just left to my own devices. I was just left to figure out what's right and wrong. I was just left to figure out what's good for me and what's bad to me. And, and no one ever helped me through a process of discipline to figure that out. And he had such an experience of love that someone just took that step and said, I'm going to help you do that. You're gonna feel pain for a moment, but it's gonna set you up for success in the future. And um and that's the father's heart. And um so he's a he's a good dad. Um, we've established that God's a good dad. He affirms, he disciplines. Um we've established that that Albert and Renate is um is gonna be great parents, not perfect parents, but who is. Um we're not perfect parents this side of eternity, but We're also not. We're also not perfect children. Um, You know, I think it's easy, it's easy to talk about the areas that our parents, you know, had flaws in, etc. But we are also not perfect children, and and that's okay because our parents are not perfect. But in our relationship with God, that that becomes a problem because He He is perfect. He is holy, and complete. And perfect in every way. And we're not. And that creates a bit of a divide. But. <laughs> but Jesus, right? <coughs> Jesus came to earth and he was the perfect child. In every way. He was the perfect child. He, uh lay down his life for his dad because he loved him so much and he wanted him to please him with everything he had in his heart and so even death was not too big a ask and he said dad I love you so much if there's any other way let there there be another way but if this is your will dad then I'll do it for you because I love you so much and that was enough for all our imperfections you know we're not we're not perfect children for many reasons we We lie, and we choose ourselves in many instances, and sometimes we steal, and sometimes we say bad stuff about other people, and and we have great intentions sometimes, but we just struggle to follow through on that, and Jesus' blood was enough for every sin and every offense as a child with our earthly parents and with our heavenly Father, and if that doesn't make sense to you, that that didn't make sense to me for a long time. Because I was like, how can, one, how can one person's life be enough for so many? How can one person's sacrifice cover the sins of so many different people's sins? And then I just realized I didn't, I didn't understand the worth of his life. The worth of that perfect life. The worth of that sacrificial lamb that was spotless. And the fact that he was God. God. And he gave himself up so that we could have life. I I didn't have I didn't have a a a great relationship with my dad growing up. We have a good relationship now. Um, I uh, we had a very functional relationship. We had a very um, just a a, a very function. My dad was great in terms of providing and and all the all the the tasks that goes with fatherhood but you know for many reasons he we struggled to connect on an emotional level and and i from a very young age was just insecure in my in my masculinity like i said earlier and i i started to i started to exper- experiment with um around my sexuality and i i got addicted to gay pornography when i was in uh, grade 8 in school and um for, for about six years i was I was addicted to to gay pornography and i um, I had these intense homosexual desires and um, I was so insecure I was so insecure, and I felt so bad and so dirty and so heavy every time after I would watch porn and um, I felt so disqualified i felt, felt so far from God, I felt so unloved and unwanted in the world, and I was just like what's What's going on? Deep down somewhere, I knew that I wasn't gay. I knew that this was not really who I was. But I, I couldn't deny the desires and the thoughts that I had been experiencing. And it went on for years. And I had this facade. You know, I had I'd practiced to speak a certain way and to carry myself a certain way. And I started playing rugby. And I was fairly okay at that. And that helped to create a bit of a masculine exterior. Um, but I was empty inside. There was nothing. I hated myself. So much. I knew about God. I grew up in a religious home and I was even the the CSF, the, the Christian Society under chairperson in Matric. No one knew about any of this stuff. And uh, I was such a hypocrite. And um I'm still a hypocrite sometimes. <laughs> and um, I went to varsity and I I gave my life to Jesus and I got baptized and I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I and and it didn't change. It didn't go away. I couldn't break that cycle. And I then I became really anxious because I was like, no. But now I've done what I needed to do. I've given. I've surrendered. But and we were at a at a men's event. Um. That year I w- didn't want to go, but my friends drew me to that men's event. They p- physically pulled me into the car, and um, the guy in the front was talking, you know, about something that I couldn't relate to farmers and how they treat their workers and. I was like, okay, I'm a city boy, so. Um, I remember sitting there and I remember God saying to me, um, I'm going to restore your relationship with your dad. And uh, my parents nearly got a divorce when I was in grade nine. They actually announced it to us, but my dad never en- ended up uh, moving out of the house. Their marriage never really improved after that. And then the second thing God told me was that. Um, I'm going to restore your parents' marriage. And um, I just wept. I just knew God had said it and I knew he would do it. Um, And now um, I have an amazing relationship with my dad. (laughs) And my parents, for the first time since I can remember, is they don't have a perfect marriage like anyone else. But for the first time since I can remember, they're showing affection to each other, and they're doing stuff alone, and they're enjoying each other, which is so just the hand of God. I'm going to ask the, um, the worship team to come up. And uh, I, in that moment, my addiction to pornography was broken, something that I had tried to break in my own strength for six years. God delivered me in a moment. And I was never addicted to pornography after that day. And God started to restore my mind. He started to change the way that I see myself and the way that I think about myself. And I mentioned an example of that earlier. And through a process of lots of affirmation and discipline, (laughs) lots of affirmation and lots of discipline, God brought me to a place where I was whole. I've been married for nearly five years now I have a wife that I love I have two boys that I would never have had if God had not intervened and that's a father's heart more than my wife more than God giving me an amazing wife and two amazing boys My biggest gift is to know God as Father. I don't say that lightly. For me, a bigger gift, and those of you who know me will know how much I care for my family. A bigger gift than that is to know God as Father. You know, that was only possible because of one thing